So welcome everybody to our latest Restoration House gathering. <clears throat> but we want to start this evening remembering Christine Noble and Gerald Coates and Eileen Smith, Maurice Smith's wife, all of whom have passed in the last couple of weeks. And so, you know, John Noble would normally be with us and hopefully he'll watch this recording, but we just want to remember them and particularly Christine and pray for John before we start. Mm. So, Dave and Pat, do you want to share a bit about Eileen, first of all? And yeah. We celebrate her. Yeah, Eileen was a, a very wonderful woman. Um, she helped me so much when I was in a very bad state, going through a bit of a breakdown. And Eileen, uh, never on the platform in her life, but many deep, deep wisdom, just absolute common sense, but it was real wisdom. And um, yeah, I'll never forget her. And I'm very, very grateful to all that she put into my life. Very lovely, lovely woman. And really the, the platform from which Morris operated so yeah, much Yeah, I mean, you couldn't, couldn't have done it without her. Mm. <laughs> Kept him sane. I mean, there's a there's a verse, isn't there? In in I think it's in Isaiah that says about returning to the rock from which you were hewn. Yes. And uh, I think that's an amazing verse because you know there's all three of those people uh, have influenced well both of us um, uh, tremendously in different ways. I mean, Christine breaking through in so many different uh, areas of of territory. Uh, Christine, you know, the person who wouldn't accept the status quo and stood so much for women and uh, planting churches in so many ways. And of course, Gerald uh, being Gerald, um, the ambassador. But uh, all three of them has affected me. And it's been a strange week, yeah, isn't it, really? Yeah, because we knew about Gerald and we knew about Christine that it was going to be quite soon. Uh, I mean, we knew about Eileen. And we knew Gerald was very ill, but for us, I think he was the biggest shock mm. because it wasn't expected just then. Mm. So, yeah, but it, mm. it kind of brings up lots of emotions because there's so many amazing memories that, mm. and what they gave to us and what we were born into in our faith in mm. Christ. I was just very, very grateful. I was just thinking uh, there's a, an old film, well, old now, it's um, Kevin Spacey, American Beauty. And uh, the film is actually quite a dark film, and he 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 goes through a sort of midlife crisis basically, and he's he's kind of questioning his his whole life. And uh, the film really is about the emptiness of his life. But the last scene is very poignant because what you see is a leaf just in the uh, in the wind, and I think it's just floating in the wind. Mm. And it's like what the film the producer of the film is saying is that. Um, this leaf which is floating is disconnected from anything. It's it's not got any root. And for myself and, and Pat, I think all three of those people were connections, their root rootedness mm -hmm. towards who we are and what 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 made us. And mm. you know, we're different people, but wow, tremendous influence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they leave a legacy, don't they? Mm -hmm. uh, many of us on here, you know, started off. 50 years ago with with all three of those you know? mm. 
and how how we how we are church and how we see yeah. church and yeah. how we've grown and developed so you know we celebrate them all and particularly yeah. tonight christine mm. um there, there aren't enough words Although i did read on facebook someone wrote about gerald he was apostolic before it was fashionable <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah. And, and Chris, I don't think there is a word to describe Christine, but uh, she certainly was uh, a force to be reckoned with by the enemy. Formidable lady. Formidable, yeah. yeah. So, Dave and Pat, would, would you pray for Christine? Then I'm going to ask Tina to come on and share a bit about what she's doing. Pray for John, rather. Yeah, John. for John. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Lord, we thank you for Christine. We thank you for her life. We thank you for her influence. We thank you for all the churches around the world and the individuals who have been uh, broken open to see new things and new visions and break into new territory. And we thank you for all that she has contributed into individual lives. And we pray now for John. We know this has been such a testing time for him over this period of years waiting and wondering and now it's come to an end and we pray that you will encourage him at this time you will cause people to be around him who who don't block what you want to do but encourage him and take him forward into new new areas yes pray you'll lift him up and cause him to remember all the good times and to savor them and to enjoy them and we, we pray blessing upon him, peace upon him, mm. and the assurance that Christine has gone to a better place. Yes. Mm. Amen. Yes, Amen. Lord, and I, I thank you that um, I can see many uh, pictures of Christine all around the world in so many countries, but I also have a picture of her on her hands and knees scrubbing floors, cleaning mm. the loo out. There were so many people in that house, living in that house. Mm. And she wasn't just somebody who stood on a platform or, you know, she she worked as a mother, a wife, mm. as a, an absolutely wonderful woman. And uh, I do thank you for her. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Amen. Mm. Amen. And so Tina is on this evening. Now, if, you, if you've read John's posts on Facebook or other posts, um, requesting that there are no flowers sent, but donations put to a charity called Embracing Age, of which he's an ambassador. And Tina's joining us this evening. But before you tell us about your charity, Tina, you come from Rockford. I do, yes. I was going to start by saying that, actually, yeah. So I was, I'm an Essex girl. I was born and brought up in Rockford. I uh, didn't go to the same church as... Uh, John and Christine, but I remember when I was 12 years old, John and Christine coming around my parents' house. And in fact, Dave, you may have been there as well. There was some sort of meeting, I was only 12. And uh, that was my first um, encounter with John. And actually, I didn't really have many more encounters until um, Christine was in a care home. And John posted something on Facebook on, on that page and uh, someone commented, you should speak to Tina English and I was tagged in it and that's how John and I uh, reconnected um, so yeah so I run a Christian charity I've been running it for I uh, founded it uh, seven years ago and um, what I really wanted to do was reach out to 
the oldest and most marginalised people in society. And for me, that was very much care home residents. Um, my background is nursing. I worked as a nurse. I worked in a care home as a nurse. And it seemed to me that they're very much overlooked and ignored. And um, I love it in the message in in, um, in Matthew, where Jesus says, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And in the message, it says, whatever you did for those overlooked and ignored, you did for me. And so our heart is very much coming alongside care home residents, um, bringing the love of God into those situations. Um, so we train volunteers to go into care homes to befriend care home residents, um, Particularly, my passion is, is coming alongside people with dementia and actually in care homes, 70 to 80 percent of the residents have dementia anyway. So that's a lot of the work we do is going into care homes. We also have got a new project which we started in lockdown, which actually was very much inspired by some of the things John was going through as a relative of a loved one. And so we felt that carers were very much isolated during lockdown and so we started um, a Zoom actually so it's every Thursday at three o'clock and it's for carers just to connect with other carers and to chat and pray together and actually when I started it I kind of had a blank sheet of paper and I I didn't want to dictate what happened but I thought what would happen is we'd get guest speakers in and we'd chat around the subject but actually I underestimated how much the carers just wanted to chat with other carers and pray together you know if ever the time ran over and we were squeezing the prayer time they'd be like Tina come on we want to pray and um, so that's been running for a year and mm -hmm. and as lockdowns ease I said to the um, people who come along look you're probably getting back to all your other activities now shall we stop and they said no Tina please don't stop this has been such a lifeline for us and actually we don't have to find a loved a sitter for our loved ones so we can still come along so it's been a really just precious time um with these carers um and just gosh it's, it's so humbling you know you hear some that you probably know a lot about what John went through while Christine was, um, you know, all the lockdowns and he couldn't go and see her. And, and some of the things that these carers have been through, and we're just there, we, we don't have answers, but we can pray and just surround them in love and prayer. So that's the kind of things we do. Um, probably mainly we're in care homes, but it's the two care homes and carers. Um, does that give you a flavour for it, Christine? Mm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So thank you. So if you were thinking of, of sending anything to John, or flowers, please, it's on the screen, Embracing Age, um, look it up or contact me if you're not sure. So so we we want to bless them. We bless them already from restoration. And, and Dave's gonna, gonna lead us in a moment in worship and then Phil's going to share, building on what Ian shared and what Phil, Phil Sanderson shared. But Phil, would you just pray for Tina? Because Phil's mum's in a care home, she's 98 um, and Phil, you know what she's talking about. Then. Tina, I pray that the Holy Spirit will come upon you like a mantle and will bless the words you speak, that as you speak out words, it will cause things to change in a tangible way, that your words will be substance, that your words will wrap people around in comfort. So we bless your charity 
and we bless you and we honor what you're doing because you're doing something which is so important. I know that the carers looking after my mum, they're wonderful people, and but they do need support. Mm -hmm. you know, they have to carry those emotions and thank you for what you're doing. We bless you and honor you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tina. And thank you, Dave, as you read us up there. Mm. Thank you, Christine. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to start with a um, song which actually I've just just finished uh, this afternoon, um, and I actually started it uh, just as um, Christine's email popped into uh, my inbox on Thursday, uh, reminding us of uh, of today and um, perhaps saying something of what the focus might be, and uh, really it's a song which I guess celebrates. Um, the diversity and the vulnerability uh, that the church, the body of Christ, is called to represent. Um, you know, there's room for everybody, uh, the weak and the strong, and um, everybody has a place. Uh, there's the ones who mourn, and there's, there's the ones who are joyful. Um, but we all gather together wherever we are, knowing that we're accepted from the Father's heart. Tears of sorrow, songs of joy are welcome in this place. May the love that brought us here be seen and felt today. Pure compassion comes from God for all sufficient grace is lavished freely down on all who humbly seek his face. Hallelujah, hallelujah, the Lord mighty race as we gather we would offer our sacrifice of praise some are suffering in our midst with scars too deep to name Come, Lord Jesus, bring release, alleviate their pain. Hallelujah, hallelujah, the Lord Almighty reigns. As we gather, we would offer our sacrifice of praise. Send your Pentecostal fire to every heart and soul. Let no one be brushed aside or made to feel alone. Hallelujah, 
One more time. Remember, there's that river of God flowing towards us each tonight. Like a mighty river, a pure and healing stream. Grace flows from the 
And tonight we put ourselves in the place where we receive that free love of Jesus. One who can buoy us up by the beauty of his presence. The one that gives us hope in our circumstances and our situations. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the power of his name. Thank you for the character behind that name. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Because I know there's peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows Burn like a fire I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over fear and all anxiety Every soul held captive by depression I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows Burn like a fire Sing it again Your name is power Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows Burn like a fire Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus in my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus, come on now, shout Jesus, shout Jesus in the mountains, Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus in my family I speak your holy name Jesus One more time 
shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus in my family, I speak your holy name, Jesus, your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life, break through every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire your name is power your name is healing your name is life break every stronghold build in the shadows burn like a fire Thank you for your presence in every home right here, in amongst every armchair and every settee. You are there. You are with us, causing us back to the simple things of who you are, causing us back to life. When the music fades, and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bless something that's of worth that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. King of endless worth, no one can that's Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours, every single breath. I'm coming for a song in itself is not one you have required you search much deeper within 
through the way things appear you're looking into my heart i'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you it's all about you jesus i'm sorry lord for the things i've made it when it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your everlasting love. And as we think of those things, those people who have influenced us, you know, for many of us it's those three mentioned, and it's for others, it's for other people, but it reminds us so much of that simple faith and that simple trust and that simple conviction that we put and placed in you and the memories of those times that we've been challenged yes but we've been awakened mostly awakened to the truth of who we are in you awakened to the glory of the treasure of Christ and each one of them has played their part Lord and we thank you thank you for Christine thank you for Eileen we thank you for Gerald thank you that each of us have imbibed something of their love for you and their affection for you and their prophetic spirit may we come back to the heart of worship which is knowing you thank you Lord Thank you for the legacy of all those who invested in us. Hmm. Thank you for the destiny that we had to be conformed to you, but also helped in that by the influence of these people and other people in our lives. And we're all one. Everyone on the screens at the moment, we're all one. We're all connected one way or another with hmm. the purposes of God. Yeah. Thank you. So Phil's going to build on what we've covered over the last couple of months. So welcome, Phil. Thank you, Chris. Um, Dave, when you were talking at the beginning, you reminded me of a quote I read in National Geographic the other day. Uh, it's about a person. And she said, I felt lost these past years, like a leaf floating in the wind, unrooted and un unmoored. And I and it reminded me of the fact that, mm. you know, identity, purpose and belonging are the cry of this generation. And people like Gerald and Christine help show us to find our identity. And really, part of what I'm going to talk about is about our identity and how that fits into the body of Christ. Mm. So um, <clears throat> Newton once said, I built, I built on the shoulders of giants. So my aim is to try to build on what Phil Sanderson, uh, Ian and Christine and others have talked about over the past uh, few months uh, and tease out some of the practical type of points. 
Um, I called the talk Building Blocks to Destiny. <clears throat> but first, I just want to summarize, because I think it's really important that we remember what others have said. So summarize what Ian said. So he made three key points. The first was that God is building on the foundation of Jesus Christ, gold, silver, and precious stones. And these have been born out of heat, out of fire, and they will survive. But if we build with wood, hay, and stubble, that will not survive. So our prayer is that we would receive the grace to build only from heaven. His second point was militancy is better translated overcomer. To him who overcomes, he will share the life of Jesus and the bride. And although we're excited by the Father's love message, we do need to be aware that it can lead to passivity. As an overcomer, we embrace finding that place of peace in Jesus that allows spiritual warfare in the right, in the right way. And his third point, and I always find difficulty in saying this word, is healthy apoc apocalyptic uh, view leads to the unveiling of Jesus, not the revealing of the Antichrist. We are people who carry hope and we bring heaven to earth. And the people with the greatest hope have the greatest influence. So that was what Ian, uh, Ian shared. I'm just writing down the, the time we start so that I don't go on too long. But building on what Ian said there, the prerequisite for any of our discussions is Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. He is our foundation, along with the Holy Spirit uh, and the love of the Father. And it's on those foundations that the fivefold ministry builds. With that said, I want to, as I say, try and tease out some of the, what I believe are the current building blocks as we're moving out of this period of transition. Um, I think we've already mentioned it this, this evening, um, Ecclesiastes chapter three. We often talk about there's a time to be born and a time to die. But further down in that list, it says there's a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast off. I think we'd all agree that this is a time like no other, but it is a time to leave some of the past behind and to tease out what God wants us to carry to the future. I do have some more in-depth notes. So if someone wants them, they are very welcome to, to contact me. But I don't want to talk a little bit about me <coughs> initially. Um, you know, my life and your life are to be lived to the glory of God, we read in Corinthians 10.31. And I believe the way we live brings glory to God. The way we live brings worship to God. And perhaps in how we worship and how we gain glory to God, we begin to glimpse some of the face of God. I'm going to show you three or four pictures. And um, because, you see, I love chemical equations. I just think they're beautiful and they have a great elegance, but don't worry, I'm not going to show you any equations tonight. But I do want to show you a couple of pictures. And, and here's one. This is um, a, a droplet, 
uh, form just falling into water and bouncing back. And here's another one. Um, and do you know, every time a drop of rain um, falls into a lake, we're seeing a most amazing structures. You know, the formation of droplets is, is just a fascinating and I just love it. But that's part of who I am. This is um, a picture of a, a, of a grass flower. I magnified 60 times on the microscope. Look at that beauty. And here's a pollen grain magnified 3,300 times on a scanning electron microscope. Look at the beauty and the intricacy of that pollen grain that you can hardly see with the naked eye. And finally, here's a picture that Sue and I took um, um, in Finland, 200 kilometers north of the Arctic Circle. And it's as though the arms of glory embrace you as you're amongst those northern lights. And you might say, well, what's the point of all that, Phil? Well, my point is that we're not created to sit in Sunday meetings, however good Sunday meetings are. We are created to live to the glory of God. You know, we're created, John um, 1010 tells us, to live abundant life. <clears throat> I guess the thing with religion is it can be like a cage and it could cage in the wild bird, but God created us to be free, to be wild in the true sense. And you know, Christine Noble was a great example of someone who was free to be who God created her to be. And I think we need to start to ask the question, who does God say that I am? Who does God say that you are? It's not what other people say. It's who does God say? And, you know, God starts with the individual. He creates households, communities, nations, and the bride. One day I was uh, wondering about my purpose on earth. And I said to the God, what's my purpose? And straight away, these four words came into my, into my head, making the unseen seen. As I pondered that for a while, I realized that, wow, that perfectly sums up my life, be it unraveling chemical mechanisms or drug degradation pathway words or ways or gardening or prophesying or praying. It's making the unseen seen. Yes, it was good. I thought, wow, I feel that that's a summary of my purpose. And I heard um, uh, an Australian cook, he said, I cook to the glory of God. Wow, his job is to the glory of God. His gifting is to the glory of God. And there's that lovely story about a guy at NASA who was sweeping the floor and someone said to him, what do you do? He said, I help put men on the moon. And uh, I think that, um, we each see the world differently. I see it differently to you. We each have a unique part of what God is doing on earth at this time, what God's purposes are. And we, as we partner together, God can build because he is a relational partnering God. So in that's sort of my way of introduction. 
um, to focus us on the individual, but I will bring us back to the corporate um, because we need to be free to be who God created us to be. Back at the beginning of 2020, I had this picture of a train on a train track and suddenly it came off the train track and it continued for a while and then it stopped. And then after a little, little while, a gang of people came along and they changed the wheels. So these were off-road wheels. The train could go anywhere and it could go into the unknown, into uncharted territory. And in some ways, I feel that's what COVID has been doing with the church. The wheels have come off. We have new wheels on the train. The train hasn't changed, but the ability of it to go places has. You know, when God created the Garden of Eden, I think he did three things. He cleared the ground. He created, secondly, he created an environment and a climate. You know, he created the sea before the fish, the land before the animals. And then he started to plant the garden and build the garden. So three clear steps, clearing the ground. And I think COVID has helped accelerate that. Next is building the environment and putting in place foundation blocks. And that's a bit of what I want to talk about. Paul says, putting the past behind. Yes, God wants us to put everything behind us that hinders his purposes and his new move at this time. And then he wants on that cleared ground, he wants to put some specific foundation blocks. And I've got a few Lego bricks here tonight because the grandchildren are with us. So I thought we would use these Lego bricks to begin to build some of the foundation. And the blocks I'm going to talk about are not all mine. Uh, they come from other people and what we've been encouraged to think about. And the first two building blocks are from Christine Larkin. And the first, of course, is her famous word, dialogue. Malachi 3.16 is her most quoted verse over the past few years. And in fact, if we had recorded the number of times she's quoted, it would be in the thousands, I'm sure. So dialogue, we're moving from monologue to dialogue. Now, mono, lots of words begin with mono, you know, monopoly, monoculture, monologue. These are words which I think the, the enemy loves because he wants to destroy creativity, variety, and diversity. So, bye-bye monologue. The second one uh, is Christine saying, there are going to be more questions than answers. And, you know, I think we actually learn a lot more from questions. I believe that God's planting questions in our hearts, questions to ask that there aren't any answers at the moment, because questions are more powerful, more directional, more motivating than actually obtaining the answer, because they provoke us to go on a journey of discovery. And then sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. The third building block is I want to talk about is how we create environment, environment for us to each reach our full potential. Because with the right environment, we encourage people, 
We empower people, we release people. Hey, it's goodbye religion, bring on creativity. You know, religion wants to, as I say, conform us and control us and lock up creativity. But if we create an environment where each of us can grow, each of us can be who God created us to be. And the other interesting thing with environment is environment contains the nutrients for us to grow. It's about growth. So here we are, is our first through three building blocks, dialogue, questions, and environment. And I shall stick that with a prit stick on our little uh, Lego model, and we'll see what we create in a minute. So there we are, that one goes in place. So here we are, we're starting with our, our, our building block. The next couple of um, <clears throat> building blocks are, there are many, many small communities building up all, uh, being built all over the place. And they're based on relationship, they're based on serving, they're based on encouraging and releasing, you know. And leadership is not about being served, leadership is about serving. So communities and relationship are the new, are the next two key building blocks. And with those two building blocks, I want to bring in two words that keep coming back to me, and they are indigenous and authentic. Indigenous of the place. You can't import something to be indigenous because it has to grow where it is. So what grows where I live may be different to what grows where you live. And it's important that we realize that God places us in the land, in a place. You cannot separate in the Old Testament, the children of Israel with the place that they were at. And I think we've often done that. We've separated ourselves from the locality. We are placed in the land to be part of a working community. And God has planted seeds that will germinate in the land, in us, where we are, indigenous. And authentic is the other word. <clears throat> I said to God recently, I would, I really, really want authentic Christianity. And then he said to me, well, you have to be authentic. Ooh, that's not nice. You have to put off your mask. You have to put down the things that you think people want you to be. I want you to be what I made you to be. It's not about ministry, but it's about being who God created me to be, about who God's created you to be. It's out of authentic living that we find his purpose. It's out of authentic living that we, find we fulfill his purpose. And authentic living in the land, the place, with the community, I think is what goes together. God doesn't want clones. He wants unique, empowered, healed up sons and daughters. To say it another way, find your place, find your community, find your tribe, and you'll blossom by being who God created you to be. So here we are. We have another four building blocks. Oh, yes. Relationships, community, indigenous and authentic. 
So we'll pop a prick stick on there and we'll put those on our little wall. So here we are, building blocks are coming along. You'd love a visual aid. <clears throat> the other thing I want to talk about is new ways of seeing and hearing. In 1 Corinthians 2, 6, it says, no eye has seen or, or ear heard what the Lord would do. You know, I think in this new era, there's a new seeing and a new hearing. Now, we all know about the electromagnetic spectrum, but we only see that small visible light. But there's a vast spectrum that we don't see with, with our natural eyes. And it's the same with the sound spectrum. We see a small part, we listen, sorry, to a small part of the, of the sound spectrum, but it's massive. And you know, I think that in heaven, the spectrum of light and sound is much, much wider. And in fact, I think that taste, smell and touch are key as well. And actually all five senses we need to fully communicate and interface with our environment. So in order to communicate and interface with heaven's environment, we need our five spiritual senses and perhaps there are more. So let's pray, pray for an increase in the ability to hear, hear and see from heaven's perspective. We're seated in heavenly places, aren't we? And we'll talk a bit about that in a minute. So why not seek, knock and ask, Matthew 7, 7. And let's ask for new hearing, new sight, new taste, new smell and new touch. I love Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things revealed belong to us and our children and our children's children. Do you know, uh, we love take, putting Easter eggs around the garden for our kids to find, you know, and we go with them and we're, we're really egging, egging them. Oh, it's a good one, isn't it? Egging them on to find them. And um, that's the same with God. He's egging us on to find the secret things. He's hidden them so we could find them. And, you know, back a long time ago, in past centuries, the followers of Jesus were the people that discovered most things. But what's happened? The church has abdicated because of a warped sense of doctrine. You know, I realized looking back over my career that actually much of my work was uncovering the secrets of God in the research and development I was doing. Actually, it was my ministry. It was my gifting. And it was part of who I was put on earth as. It wasn't just to minister in church. And that's how I was brought up. I was brought up that ministry had to be church-based. And that's really robs us. So we've got another three building blocks. Seeing, hearing, and revelation. And we'll pop those on. So as we move towards our last set of building blocks, I had two pictures I wanted to, to share with you. And one was I was in a library room in heaven. 
and there was books everywhere, I reached out a hand to take a book off the shelf. And as I pulled the book off, it suddenly went into me. I became the book and the book became me. And I realized that revelation is it's no longer secret because it's available to all of us, but we become the revelation. And I love that bit in, in John chapter 1, 39, where Jesus says to the two disciples of John the Baptist, what do you want? And later on, he says, come and discover for yourself. You know, God desires relationship and partnership. And the second picture quickly was I saw keys and handles, and I knew that the handles were to do with opening drawers. And there I was in front of this big filing cabinet and I pulled a drawer open, it was full of files. I took one out and it was a blueprint. As I opened it, I saw myself on the blueprint, seeing the great detail, but suddenly I was also above the blueprint, seeing the big picture. And, you know, Jesus said, I only do what I see the father doing. You know, we are in heavenly places and uh, <clears throat> quantum physics, tells us that actually a particle can exist in two places at the same time, and it's called superpositioning. We actually, God built into the fabric of the universe the ability to be in two places at once. So we have the ability to be in heaven and on earth at the same time. And finally, <clears throat> Genesis chapter 18, Abraham is sitting in his tent. He has anticipation, an expectancy for an encounter with God, that God is going to visit him. And when he sees the three men a little way off, he rushes out of his tent of limitation, welcomes him, and then worships. I wonder what that worship looked like. So let's leave our limitation. Let's have anticipation and worship. And there are last three building blocks. So I focus quite a lot on the individual and the environment where we grow and thrive. This is not an end in itself, but it's a beginning. We're called to be part of the body and the bride. We're being healed up for purpose, knit together. And I love this verse in um, Ephesians, in the Passion Translation, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. For his body has been formed in his image and is closely knit together and constantly connected as one. Every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. So I would encourage us to, um, oh, I've forgotten to put the left. Up to building blocks in place. Quickly do that. So here we are, we've got our building blocks, make it a bit easier to see. <clears throat> and so what I really want to encourage us is to let's start building, let's start creating together that environment that brings the kingdom of heaven to earth that encourages us to pull the unseen into the scene. Thank you, back to you, Chris. Thank you, Dr. Jupp. 
<laughs> feels our prophetic scientist that makes complicated things simple. I wish you taught me science at school. I might have learned something. <laughs> Not that you teach science. But I just realised as you're talking. So we have Dr. Jupp here. We had Dr. Russell last month and Dr. Bill Sanderson the month before. It's all getting... A... We've got Pat Bilber next month. Don't worry, Pat. No, I'm not Dr. a doctor. Pat. You're not a doctor. <laughs> Dr. Mike Walters here as well. Yes. Oh, Dr. Mike Walters. Oh, Mike. <laughs> I, think, I think we need to give you a slot, Mike. I'll, I'll put you and Bill together. And Ian. Yeah. So thank you, Phil. There was so much there. Uh, we're going to ask... Dave and Pat and Danielle to, to unmute if, if they're not already unmuted. I know Dave and Pat are. And they're going to pick up either on themes that Phil brought or other things uh, to carry on because, as Phil said, we want to have dialogue, not just monologue. So um, when people speak, we want, need to talk about it and chew on it or add to it. So, um, Danielle, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Um, start um, with I, you. Sure. Oh, man. Just first of all, to say thank you so much, Phil. I think there was so much there that we could just unpack each and every single one of those points and talk for hours on each of them, that it's almost a bit of an unfair task to try and pick on one thing to chat through. Um, but I think one of the key things that really stood out to me when you were talking, Phil, was your point about authenticity and how that relates with the kind of partnership and working together because it all ties into how we see Christian leadership and how we're meant to work together as a group in fellowship and I think for so long there's been a model of hierarchy within the church and um, it wasn't actually until the 1970s that even secular leadership literature started to talk about the importance of involving people in the process of making decisions and leadership which is actually incredibly recent when we think about it um, and so it's taking us a little while to kind of catch up on that but when you think back to the new testament that was there that was at the formation of the church was that we work together we we lead together you've got your apostles your prophets your evangelists your teachers your pastors we all need each other to kind of lead but I think to do that you so beautifully Phil talked about the authenticity that's needed because and I think authenticity has to work in partnership with humility because to really be authentic, I need to be honest about my strengths, but also my weaknesses. I need to know the areas that perhaps God has equipped me with and gifted me with, but also the things that really aren't my area of strength. And if I'm trying to lead all things to all people and hold everything together, that's just not going to go well for anyone. Um, and so I'm just reminded, Chris, I'm just, I hope you don't mind me picking on you, but you shared a beautiful story last week about um, when you were sharing somewhere um, with, with a few people, I think it's with Ian and Marjan with yourself, and, and you all so beautifully sidestepped to honour each other's gifting. And I think that's what we need is that humility and leadership of going actually this isn't my area of expertise but I know that Chris is yours Phil I know that it's yours can you take over this bit and the humility of allowing partnerships to take place by knowing when to sidestep and I think that ties in my last point ties in so nicely Phil with what you said about being indigenous um my main area of, of studies is with international missions and it, we see it 
so often time and time again when as western missionaries we go in with this is what works for us we're going to do that here and we're going to make it fit and it doesn't work as well as it ever would when you actually sidestep and you share the gospel but then you listen to what works in that culture what fits for you how can we do this in a way that's relevant and appropriate and authentic to each community we're serving in so I think humility has to partner with authenticity to enable those working partnerships um, but yeah I loved it Phil I could talk forever because I just I loved what you shared so thank you and Dave and Pat on one screen that's good go for it, you go for it. <laughs> yeah Phil thank you building blocks visual visual aids great um yeah, I think you covered a lot of territory and you ticked all my boxes because we were talking about creativity and uh, in Indigenous uh, treasure, uh, treasure of the Questions. Actually, it was Rike, who was a poet, um, wrote uh, quite an influential book to sort of uh, creative poets and songwriters uh, many years ago. And um, the, the, the phrase that he encourages uh, creative people is exactly that he says treasure the questions treasure the questions um and i think we don't do enough of that you know we we uh, very often are giving out our answers in situations and not asking ourselves why are we doing this what are we what are we actually trying to build here um i was listening to uh a historian yesterday and um, a scientist and they were talking about um, change and uh, development uh, in culture uh, and they were lamenting the fact that really over the last 20 years um, although we think things have changed an awful lot they actually haven't uh, and they were comparing it with the Victorian era where people were doing all kinds of new things um, and trying out ideas. Uh, some were failing and some were actually gloriously successful, like the locomotive, like uh, bridges. Uh, they were new things that were being done. And they were sort of looking back and, and saying, over the last 20 years, how many real new things have developed? They're more building on what was before. A television looks very much like a television that it did in the 1930s when it was first invented. It's just a, an upgrade. Um, whereas somebody actually invented that for the first time. So where I'm getting to is I think this area of discovery, uh, which comes into identity, or uh, which comes into creativity, those areas that you've talked about, uh, should really be at the forefront of, of what we are. And if we talk about us being a pioneering people, but looking at new ways rather than adopting uh, a kind of modification of what we've seen from somewhere else that might be successful. Yes, learn from it, of course, but a pioneer something new based on where we are in our uh, situation. Um, you know, I can apply that particularly to music, uh, how every building block uh, with music tends to be along a certain form. I was interested when you talked about the sound spectrum, uh, because I think um, the sound spectrum is a lot wider 
then um, uh, we we appreciate we just hear hear certain sounds, don't we? And I think that joining with heaven, there is a heavenly choir, there is a heavenly sound. And in fact, I think if you listen to the sound of the universe, uh, it is actually there is actually a song. There's a sound that that goes around the universe that is quite incredible. And sometimes when they amplify the sounds of insects. Um, it can be an, an or amazing, slow or slow them mm. down. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard, but um, so the whole universe, there's there's a sound spectrum which is a lot wider. I remember when the first time I ever heard singing in tongues, and and this is perhaps getting back to what I was saying. The first time I ever heard singing in tongues, I was absolutely knocked out by this something that I couldn't explain. There was like a heavenly sound a heavenly harmony that was coming through. Now, it wasn't long before, you know, musicians picked up on it and started to play. And it's almost like we've come to that point where it's that that purity of sound, the heavenly sound, has become kind of dialed out because we're just building on building on building. And so I think there is something really fantastic when you talk about um, widening our creative scope and uh, attuning ourselves to uh, a, a wider range of sound. Um, you got anything to say more about that, about sound? Bill? Yeah. I, yeah. I, the Hebridean revival, when, you, when they've interviewed people that are still alive, the thing they talk about is the sound. And then and the music and the fact that they would sometimes choose which bus to go on because of the song that they could hear on that bus. And they would travel on the bus and get off that end, and this like an anointing glow would come upon them, and they would walk through with this singing and this sound. So I think mm. that that sound and revival all go together, but I know we've been we did one experiment where we were just humming, and it was astonishing to allow the hum of heaven to touch us. Mm. And you can actually feel the sound inside, mm. um, and it was very powerful. So I think I think there's lots of scope for experimenting mm. and trying. You know, I, I think that's mm. the message: is we mm. should just experiment. We should try. If it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. And I think God will anoint what we do because he just loves loves to do that. Interestingly enough, in that revival, musical instruments weren't allowed. It was all singing. And uh, I think sometimes, you know, we've drowned out the, the, the sound, the authenticity of the voice uh, with the music itself. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard the... Um... I come from Scotland. If you've ever heard choirs up from the islands, the west west coast, uh, the first time that we were up there, um, it was so beautiful because as the choirs sang, uh, it was the sound of the sea, the sound of the waves coming in and going out again in their voices. And as if living in that environment, they had captured that beauty of that sound. Um, and uh, I, actually, I wanted to, first of all, thank you for going back over what Ian had said, because um, it was really lovely just to, for me, that the last part that he said about 
we are we are to be people who carry hope who bring heaven to earth i think that's such a beautiful uh thing for that god wants us to do mm-hmm. and it reminded me of that and there are many beautiful things that you said and show, showed us beautiful pictures and i wanted to th- ask you because i don't know but i could pretty well guess what what you do or did as a job i was involved in um early stage drug development um for a, a large pharmaceutical company um so i was involved in in the creating the chemical processes to make the first 50 kilograms of a potential new drug that was half my career and the second half was to do with the analyzing of of the drugs and understanding drug degradation pathways to help reduce the way drugs degrade see that can sound so boring but listening to what you said before <laughs> it isn't you're not boring at all and i think that's so lovely um who god's made you to be and um you brought that out as well that we can be we can all be happy and proud to be the people that god has created us to be um i think i can i can remember um a worship leader that you would know you don't know and i'm going to tell you who it is but I remember he was kind of bemoaning the fact that a certain other person was getting all the acclaim. It's not Dave. I'm not talking about Dave. <laughs> getting all the acclaim and, you know, why wasn't he being recognized, blah, 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 blah. And I said to him, you know, you just need to be who you are mm-hmm. and do what God has called you to do and forget about anybody else. And and he did. And, yeah, if I told you who he was, then you'd think, yeah, how brilliant he is so anyway that's a bit of an aside um what else did i think oh yeah i'm happy to be in the environment that he's put us in well i as i've said before i come from scott i come from aberdeen and where i lived was so beautiful i lived near the highlands i had the sea on one side 10 minutes i'd be up in the hills and then i came to romford And that was the last place on earth that I would ever want to live. I'm thinking, God, what have you put me here for? And people would say I'd be, you know, really homesick. And people would say, oh, go to Epping Forest. And I thought, mm, you don't really know what I'm talking about. And then I met this guy over here. We got married. And, I, and it was when I put my roots down. Hmm. And I chose this, yes, God, this is where I should be. That... Um, that he helped me to flourish in the environment he put me in and and to um to experience as we've talked before all the wonderful people that have brought so much into my life and into our lives so it's being thankful and to find out where we are meant to be i you know so agree with that phil and to be able to flourish in that environment and i think i think that was about it really Yep, that was it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, there's so much there. We, we've given time this evening, rightly so, to, to celebrate uh, those people who've inherited, or we've inherited from their legacy. And normally we'd go into breakout groups, but um, as time's going on, I'm just going to open it up for anybody else who'd like to comment or question on what was shared so that we can dialogue together rather than in groups. So I'm going to open it up and, and maybe start with Ian because uh, things were picked up that you you started last month. So if, Ian, if you've got anything to add there. 
And for sure, I, I love what Phil brings from quantum physics and um, especially this, this statement that he talked about of uh, superpositioning, where a particle can be in two places at once. And, um, you know, back in the day, physicists thought they had the world sewn up because of what Newton brought and Newtonian physics. But of course, some of the subparticle stuff doesn't work with Newtonian physics. And um, God has got us on this path of increasing revelation and uh, seeing things that we haven't seen before. And what is really gripping my heart right now, and, and, and this thing of being in two places at once, you know, the, the fact is that um, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, but he's also enthroned in our own hearts. Uh, what does it look like if we are exploring both these things at the same time? that there's the reality of his awesome rule over all things. This is really important in our continent right now that's going through this upheaval with war. But what does it look like that there's this incarnational reality of Jesus on the inside of us, that the one who is over all, the creator of it all, is on the inside, and I get to learn to live from the everlasting fountain that is the Christ inside of me. I, I, I feel like an absolute novice. I think there's so much more for us to explore in this, but it's, it's this thing of quantum physics applying into the spiritual realm too. Excellent. Anyone else like to comment or question or dialogue? I have... Um... It's a story, but it's true. <laughs> it's, a, it's to do with sound and seeds. And um, quite a few years ago, a friend of mine was listening to the radio and um, there was this beautiful music they played. And the story was this, um, I think it was a botanist or something, was studying mustard seeds and the the chemical makeup or something of mustard seeds. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but they did this thing called chromatography. You maybe did it at school where you crush things up and um, you put it in a solution and then you, you sort of touch, you know, some blotting paper and the, 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 the liquid starts to seep up. But um, the different things that it's made up of, you know, come to different levels, you know, and they can say, oh, this is such and such and such and such. Um, and as this person did this, they looked and they could see sort of something here, something, you know, this little pattern. And they were also a musician. And they thought, gosh, I wonder if I put, you know, the, I don't know, I'm not a musician, so I don't know, but, <laughs> you know, the lines across and the bars down. And these things fell like notes and they played wow. music and it was this beautiful song within the mustard seed and and they did it uh on other seeds and they got different songs and it was just this thing within each seed <laughs> there is a song and when they, and i just think within each of us you know you were saying we need to know who we are i think within each of us 
there is a song, a song of giving that glory. Yeah. That's what we are created for, to give that glory. And it's it's a glorious sound because we're all different and, and we all have this song in us. And sometimes that comes out through the crushing mm -hmm. <laughs> or whatever, you know, the process of, of uh, I just thought that that came to mind when you were sharing about the sound and then when Dave was talking there. So yeah. just mm -hmm. lovely. Great. Thank you. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, every person has their own individual sound because our, each of us has unique DNA and the, the molecules are vibrating slightly differently in your DNA to my DNA. Mm. So each of us is a living song mm. our whole lives. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's fascinating um, that um, I think we carry... Our, our forefathers sound as well you know through the generations I, re I remember that um when i sing in the spirit i listen sometimes listen to what i've i started to listen to armenian music my my on my mum's side um my family is armenian and the sound of the armenian singers way way back was sounds like when i sing in the spirit and i and i was that really blessed me you know, and I think for every single one of us, uh, as we've talked about, we all have we do have a song, and I, I would be really interested to hear the songs and to, I bet you that your song goes right back in your generation as well. Mm. I bet you it does. Mm. It's fantastic to think about. It's interesting when back back in the day when Dave says when when we first were were singing in the spirit, um, in a meeting. Everybody could be singing the spirit, and I could hear Pat Bilbra. You always there was something different about Pat's voice. I know those of you that were around, you know, there's something about it. And then when when she sings in the background when Dave's playing, you, it stirs up something—a memory of 30, 40 years ago. Mm. Even the room I was in, there's something about the sound, particularly because Pat's got a lovely voice anyway. But that. It takes you somewhere, doesn't it? It's mm. there's, there's something mysterious about when we hear a sound. It's 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 back in time. Maybe it's forward. It, it's just amazing. Mm. Mm. Anyone else? And there's something very profound again in what Phil said that you know our DNA is so individual, and mm. uh, it's these different kinds of letters which can create music, make a sound, and the sound is unique. And uh, a quote that I love, I, I don't know who it came from, is, uh, but is this, is a true friend is somebody who remembers your song when you have forgotten it yourself. Yeah, that's right. oh. It's an African um, uh, saying, they say, in the villages. And in fact, they sing it to, to each other, uh, the children. They sing it to the children to remind them who they really are. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's wow. something very powerful about song melody lyrics and your memory as well like because yeah, I mean a few years ago I, I had a stroke and my memory was just gone but you could play a song from my childhood and I, I grew up a Christian so you know a lot of them are Christian songs and I may have never heard them for 10-15 years because they yeah. just fell out of cycle but I know all the words yeah. instantly yeah. couldn't tell you what I'd done the day before but I could sing praise and worship to those songs. Praise God, my memory's fine now. But even now, you can put a song on that I've not heard 
for years and it automatically brings back all those memories and I, I think there's something really powerful there that mm. maybe there's still to explore about how we can put more doctrine out you know more truths about who god is in a way that we just remember it more than we would doing an academic treatise on who god is there's something about worship and melody and lyrics that just is so moving and powerful um so yeah i just echo everything you said i think it's incredible excellent beautiful i'm going to do something different now um if you're on for the first time, you're welcome to come every month. Next month's the 8th of May, and Pat Bilber is sharing. But normally we go into breakout groups to give time to share and dialogue and then come back in. But um, we don't have to follow a formula. And tonight it was important that we did what we did. I want to ask two things with your permission, Danielle and Pat. Uh, Danielle, that you would pray that we receive in our spirit what we need to receive from tonight and that it will go on and fulfill its purpose but it's gonna pat might not <laughs> she's got she's disappearing oh, no. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I don't know what you're gonna say <laughs> that you would sing in tongues because there there is something and unique about the way pat sings in tongues is that too much pat to ask for you to do no that's fine <laughs> <laughs> so I, might get, I might get Dave just to play a get Dave, get Dave to be in the background while you're yeah. he plays a sec little sequence of chords okay oh, stretching it's but, funny because so, I'm not a great singer but I know God's given me <laughs> this to do I'm not I know I know my yeah but the sound pack <laughs> it's the sound don't build it up too much <laughs> <laughs> So, Danielle, yeah. <sighs> Father God, I want to thank you so much. I'm just reminded of Proverbs and how it says wisdom shouts out in the streets. And Lord, I feel like we've just been so blessed this evening with listening to your wisdom. Lord, the words that you've spoken, um, especially through Phil this evening, mm. Lord, there's been so much there that, I don't even know how to begin to comprehend everything. And so Holy Spirit, I just pray that this wouldn't be a session where we go, that was nice and we walk away. But Lord, this would be like that seed that just starts to grow and flourish. Holy Spirit, would you just anoint the words that were spoken tonight? Would they take root in our soul, in our spirit and in our mind? And Holy Spirit, would you just continue to nurture those words? that they would grow, that they would flourish, that even as we sleep this evening, we would dream on the revelation that you've shared. Lord, I pray that these words would be the spark of something new in each of us, that we would take from tonight different aspects of the revelation that you were sharing, that, Lord, you would continue to grow and develop those seeds of wisdom until they take root in our lives and they change who we are and what we do with those words, Lord. Let it be a spark that fans a flame. Lord, I thank you so much for the honour and just the sheer joy of getting to be in this group where there is so much humility and authenticity where we speak and we share together what it is that you're speaking into our hearts, Lord. So, Father, I pray your blessing on each and every one of us here for those who couldn't attend, Lord. And I thank you for the legacy of those that we've spoken about this evening. 
And I pray that you would just continue to speak into our hearts, to guide us and to show us what it is that you're saying and what it is that you want us to do with those beautiful pearls of wisdom. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. I just thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And Pat's not entertaining us now. So if you'd like to unmute yourself and, and, and you want to sing or speak in tongues, but she'll be leading us. <laughs> when, yeah. when I sing, um, still God's saying that I want to sing over everyone, but God will be singing over you and there will be healing tonight. And I'll sing in tongues. So if anyone has anything, interpretation, then do feel free to that. Either sing it back or speak it out. So unmute yourselves as well. I don't know if anyone's going to say anything, but when I was singing, I really felt the gentleness of God. God is so gentle in the way that he speaks to us. He's so gentle and so kind. And I just pray that now that you will, that we will all feel his gentleness filling us and touching our hearts very deep, deep within us. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Um, I heard Pat say a word which um, sounded like Maru, which uh, I, I speak Welsh a little bit. And that's 
the Welsh word for death. And I, I was trying to understand what it meant. And uh, if you think how we started tonight, we were thinking about three people who passed away. And uh, the verse came to me about death has lost its sting. Mm. And uh, that's what I really feel. God is alive and kicking and uh, death has lost its sting, regardless of the horrible things we see on the news, um, regardless of the three people who passed away that we've talked about. Mm. And, uh, you know, we, we find strength in our faith and uh, we live in that holy place, mm. uh, listening to the music of heaven. Mm. And uh, that's, that's something I wanted to share. So. Mm. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Very good. What a wonderful evening. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for leading us in a different path than planned, but your path, your path of righteousness. Mm. Thank you, Dave and Pat. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. There's no more words to say, but let the spirit continue to sing to us. Bless you all and hope to see you next month.